Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 33 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Baby's Day Out from 1994, directed by Patrick Reed Johnson. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Boo Boo McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. You jerk! Quiet! You're gonna wake up the baby! The baby's on the roof! Fucking boo boo. I had really nothing for this. I was gonna do this instead. I was gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. I'm so glad that came in so well. <laughs> Basically, for me, it was a fucking whiskey cork pop. Just pour one out for Joe Montana, for God's <laughs> sakes. What the fuck was he doing? He really must have needed to pay the rent. Uh, I'm Joe Montaigne, and I'm hunting a baby. Ah, uh, he's fine. He has won the war of attrition that is to be the star of Criminal Minds, okay? Because everybody just keeps leaving, and he's the only star they have left. Here's the problem, is that every five seconds, I couldn't unhear Fat Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I'm gonna get this baby. Why don't you sing to it or something? You got Joe Montaigne, then you've got uh, the guy from fucking every movie that, that thing you need a weaselly character in. And fucking uh ah Eddie ah no 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 I think I think Sean's talking about the dad of the football player on the opposing team oh well there's that that guy too I I was talking about uh Joe Pantaleone Joe Pantaleone yeah 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 but yeah yeah there there is the other guy from the fucking Little Giants and he totally does the pose in Little Giants that he does in this movie uh, towards the end of the film yeah he does yeah man fucking Joe Pantaleone isn't he the guy Cipher from the Matrix sure is he's also part of uh. This uh, family, uh, these really disgusting people, maybe you heard of them, the Fratellis? Uh, fuck. What I'm, I'm having a really bad brain fart right now. Goonies, man. The Goonies, man. God damn it. <laughs> I don't wear a hairpiece. He, he, he's in, like, so many movies, it's, like, incredible. He's a that guy where I see him and go, mm, you've been in something I've seen, you've been in dozens of things I've seen. But he's mostly just that, oh, that bald guy with the mustache. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I said, he almost always plays some kind of weasel-like character, like a Matrix, you know, he portrays them. He always plays a fucking fast-talking fucking Italian fucking wise guy, jerk-off guy. But, yeah, so, yeah, this movie, um... John Hughes wrote this, right? <sighs> John Hughes wrote and produced this. Uh, and he was like, hey, remember, remember Home Alone? <laughs> let's try let's try this. He was like, you know, we had we had a 12-year-old take out a couple of goons. Why don't we have a fucking baby do it now? <laughs> okay, no, no, I've got it, I've got it. In a parallel dimension or unit timeline, obviously created by John Hurt and his fucking doomsday device. Oh, yeah, the MDU. Home Alone and Babies Day Out exist in the same universe where crime has all but been eradicated, and the only thing left... Are these bumbling idiots who can't even <laughs> contend with children of any age. Is this the same universe uh, that uh, Idiocracy takes place in? Yes, it's the precursor to this. We're like a couple steps away from Libria? Yeah. Yeah, we are. This baby is father. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> John Hurt has to go back in time and destroy him. I want to see the Looper version of that with baby Bink all grown up. Oh my god. Gotta go back and shoot himself as the fucking baby. I gotta close the loop at the construction site. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta stop Joe Pantaleone from going to jail because that sets a whole bunch of shit in motion that fucking fucks up the future. I already liked this episode more than I liked any moment of this fucking movie. So how do you even, you know, we already started talking about it, but like, to crunch this plot, honestly, it's just basically this rich fucking woman 
insists on having her baby's picture taken so it's in the paper and then the baby gets kidnapped by the three bumbling goons we've already talked about. I'm gonna give you a quick correction. A stupid, affluent family. Scumbag aristocrats? Yeah, a falls for a really easy con. And they're like, oh my god, how could this happen? What do you mean? You left your child with three poorly disguised strangers in a room by themselves. I got a bone to pick with these fucking aristocratic fucks. The goddamn nanny cares more about the baby and knows more about it than the mother. She sure does. You mean nanny salad fingers? <laughs> And baby read the book, and then he touched the rusty spoon. I'm <laughs> pretty sure. Isn't this a chick from from uh, Sex in the City? Yeah, uh, Cynthia Nixon. She actually just ran for office in New York. I want to say over the summer. Did she really? She did not win, but she uh, she was going against Como. She has a pretty convincing British accent. Sort of when she's not again uh, digging up her friend from the first from the World War uh, and then having tea with her finger puppets. Okay, so most of this movie is like baby hijinks with these three bumbling idiots, and the rest is just. Just like overprivileged rich motherfuckers being like, I have all the money in the world. What do you mean you can't find my kid? What do you mean there's other people th- th- in this world? It's just like throw money in a police officer's face. He's like, yes, you did that, but your baby's still missing. Yeah. Or or like, oh my God, the whole part when they go into this fucking poor lady's house. Oh my God. When the fucking guy from Dumb and Dumber calls the, blows the whistle on him. You mean when they go into Darla's house from The Crow? Yeah. And the fucking guy, the fucking guy from Dumb and Dumber's there, the guy, like the hitman. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I saw your fucking baby. We'll get to that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> This movie opens with a children's book. The book is like, the okay, the book is Daniel Baldwin's script that he had from fucking yesterday's Target. Was this what he pulled out of his leg? <laughs> Baby's day out? <laughs> he opens it up, what's the mission? Well, first we're gonna go to the zoo, and then we're gonna go to the fucking construction site, and then we're gonna visit Mr. Duncan and give him a fucking turtle dove. Yeah, so the, basically the book being read to uh, Baby... What the fuck is this baby's actual name? It's Bennington Austin... Oh, fuck off. Baby Bink... Cotwell the fourth, because his father is Bennington Austin Bing Cotwell the third. Yeah, he like the fourth Esquire, whatever who could give a fuck. Royal bloodline, destroy it while it's still young. <laughs> oh no, royals, get them out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, what are you? You're a plumber. What on earth is that? <laughs> Their fucking jaws are extended like twenty feet. <laughs> Oh yes, oh my baby. So the whole so the whole fucking thing is this woman wants a picture of her child because all of her friends have pictures of their babies in the paper and this poor baby doesn't have his picture in the paper and he's already 9 months old. These are some fucking problems to have, huh? The, this baby wants for nothing. It is pampered over in ways you couldn't imagine. It has a bed bigger than mine right now. Its room is bigger than my house. It, his mom is Donna from Twin Peaks. And the plot is they, they are getting this picture taken and um, uh, we have uh, three of the dumbest criminals ever who must have gone to the Wet Bandit School of Criminal uh, you know, uh, success, whatever, if there is such a place. They went to the same school that Harry and Marv went to, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, yeah, let me tell you something. Harry and Marv are fucking professional cat burglars compared to these fucking guys. Oh, God, they're like at the top of their goddamn class with these people. Harry and Marv had the sense to go get a gun at some point, all right? <laughs> they were going to shoot Kevin McAllister. <laughs> they were going to shoot Kevin McAllister in Central Park. Well, they also are going against, again, like a much older kid who you could almost buy, like the, the ridiculous, like, uh, genius of his traps, whereas this baby just 
fucking crawls away and they hurt themselves. This baby has the power of Deus Ex Machina looming over him. It's got baby luck, Connor. But you know what else he's got? Apparently, a guardian angel. Oh my god. Uh, yes, that too. Also, uh, well, here's the thing. To counter this baby's divine luck... Uh, these criminals uh, have bones made of titanium. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, Eddie, the main uh, who I'm sorry, what was the actor's name again? Joe Montana. Joe Montana has testicles uh, made of ad- adamantium. <laughs> Well, not anymore. No, see, no, that's the only reason he can stand upright, okay? Because after the, the pulverizing he takes later in the movie, he should have been dead. So so, so the, this woman's trying to get the fucking picture taken of her baby, and, you know, she's talking, droning on about it. The husband doesn't seem to give a shit. No one gives a shit about this picture except for the for uh, Lara Flynn Boyle. Well, the, the dad's like, oh, well, fucking old man Jeeves used to take this picture for generations of all the fucking whatever. What is her last name? Who could give a fuck? The thirds? Cotwell. Cotwell. Fucking Cockwell. Yeah, so anyway, he's like, oh, old fucking old Rufus was gonna supposed to take our picture because he's been doing it for generations. And she's like, oh, my baby needs a picture taken by the fucking people from downtown Chicago, just like everybody else. Mm." And then uh, that's the conversation. Basically, the movie cuts from that scene to a shot of, I don't even know what the fuck it is, like a dockyard or something. And you get, you know, the fucking Harry and Marv Bulk and Skull theme starts playing. Yeah. And you see the fucking crooks basically with the pantyhose over the head dressed all in black. And the way that they're doing it, like, I didn't even know what was going on at first until it all started to fall into place, like, as they were on their way to these people's mansions. Or mansion to take the the kid because I was like, what are, what are we doing down on fucking Pier Forty Nine? And like, what did they do? Drive this fucking truck like all the way down there just to kick these guys out? Their their plan is shockingly slapdash. Yeah, like it's really kind of it's it's like, do you actually have a plan? You just winging this? And they're it's never really like said what they do. They're like bank robbers, maybe or something, or they're like you know they like sell shit like gray market shit like to people like they steal shit and then sell it right because there is a shot later in the movie where the one character uh uh norby is sitting there and there's all these fucking like radios and microwaves and shit like piled up in a corner yeah and good for you for remembering these fucking guys names too because <laughs> yeah I remember, I remember eddie that's it eddie norby and fucking vico joe montagna and joe pandleone and the guy from little giants that's <laughs> That's who I know these guys as. And I know at some point, at some point, Eddie says, like, what is it? The Miami mob couldn't kill me. Like, he says, he references something else. Yeah, Milwaukee. The Milwaukee mob. Yeah, what is it? A bunch of off-season fishermen? They got their fishing pole in one pocket. They got a fucking pistol in the other. It's a bunch of the old guys from the Elks Lodge. Holy shit. They go in their tackle box and they pull their garat wire out. <laughs> They're using the fucking fishing lure to choke someone to death. They dispose of people by dumping them to, like, ice fishing holes. It's it's basically like they're kidnapping the people that she was going on about, and it's like some yeah. baby picture company. And they, you know, they, they put on the, you know, the, the, the real fluffy fucking uh, sweater vest that these people wear. And they're, you know, they're, they're kind of ribbing on the fact that they look stupid. Well, also, like, these disguises that they walk in the house with, like, you... Any person with sense would look at you, those three and go, who the fuck are you? The butler's like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the butler's kind of like already got it figured out, but he just, he's like, oh, I know my place, I can't say anything, whatever. He opens the door and Joe Montaigne is standing there. And he's, Joe Montaigne's like, hello, I'm Mr. Charlie. I've come to take a picture of babe. 
or whatever. Every time he says his fucking I'm Mr. Charlie, he like makes a point to point at the name tag on his shirt. I will say Joe Montana is like acting his ass off in this movie and he doesn't really have to. No one asked him to do that, I'm sure. I think he's just having fun. He is giving it his all. Well, it's like you read stories about Home Alone, like not to keep referencing, but it's kind of hard not to because there's just so many fucking similarities in like, oh yeah, this movie took all of like the good ideas from Home Alone and then just fucking squandered it. I guess John Hughes was just like, how can I replicate that? But with a baby. Well, he wrote, he, he wrote it with someone else so i uh, i'm just gonna blame them yeah <laughs> for this for this problem and the director too because like i don't know john hughes was like ah you know this is kind of funny but i'm not gonna direct it i was just thinking though you know you read these stories of behind the scenes of home alone when they were shooting it and you know when the first one was being made i was reading how um you know, Daniel Stern and, and Joe Pesci just thought this movie was going to flop, so they just went over the top with the acting, and then it becomes, like, the highest fucking grossing Christmas movie of all time. So so my whole point in bringing that up at all is that I wonder if these guys were just like, fuck it, this movie's a piece of shit, let's just go crazy with this. Yeah. Also, it might be the fact that, like, you're, you're acting with and against a baby? Yeah, it's also a puppet most of the time. Yeah, oh, well, you want to know who the fucking stunt devil for this baby is? Vern Troyer. <laughs> No, it's not. Yes. So they fucking get to this mansion, and they're like, Hello, I'm Mr. Charlie. Uh, where's the babe? And they go in there, and um, they set up all their equipment, and, um, well, they don't, I'm surprised these motherfuckers even know how all this shit works, because they're not photographers or anything. Well they're, well, they're setting the cameras up, and they're just, like, fucking flashing the bulbs in their eyes. They have no clue. Well, yeah, but, like, also, the fucking camera that he's using is, like, one of those old-ass, like, I don't even know what they're called, but, like, it's one of those old-ass uh, photography cameras with, like, the fucking... I'm gonna get underneath this cloak and hold a giant light bulb. Yeah, with the fucking, like, flash powder in the yeah. fucking thing. <laughs> Don't move! I'm gonna fucking snap a picture! Go, I may start a fire, so you might want to back away. <laughs> and then, like, he looks over, like, uh, yeah, Joe Montana's character, and he looks over at uh, Lara Flynn Boyle, who's standing there in, like, some, I don't know, she's in some dress. Um, and his excuse to get her out of the room is, like, he's like, The color of your dress will, uh, clash with, uh, my photo. I'm Mr. Charlie. Uh, I need you all to leave the room, because I need to be alone with the kid. And they're all looking at him like, what? And he's like, oh, you know, because he, you, he loves you and your love, his love is distracting him from the artistic point of view I'm trying to do. And they're just like, okay, all right. And he's like, and then he like switches gears. He's like, oh, that fucking dress. Like, yeah. And he sends fucking the guy from Little Giants, Vico. He's like, ah, get a light. He runs to the car and he, he immediately like fucking goes to pull it around the side of the building. Like they haven't even gotten the kid alone yet, and this guy's already trying to make a move. I thought he was. I thought he was deserting them or something. He would have been better off. Yeah. Imagine if they tried to steal this kid without the van. So yeah. So they they get the they get the uh, the wife and the nanny and the and the butler to leave to go change her dress, and she's like, oh, Jeeves, go to the attic. Which is fucking ten stories up, and find my winter garments in a fucking trunk somewhere. And he's like, "Ma'am," and she's like, "Do it now." So they're so they're all fucking off, and um, yeah, dude, dude brings the truck around, and they fucking just alley oop the kid out the fucking window and take off. It's the easiest kidnapping I've ever seen. They leave all of the shit in the mansion, like all the photography shit. Oh yeah, they don't give a fuck. These people had less trouble than the fucking human traffickers in Taken. <laughs> 
Good luck. Hardened criminals who like who like knew what they were doing and like had a plan. Like came in and like, yep, take her, take her. We're gone because they never thought to dress up like like photographers. They never thought to dress up like a bunch of French like idiots, poofs. I guess like like I don't know what the fuck they were. They're like French dandies. Like you know, just just imagine though if this was like taken and they actually kidnapped the baby and get away with it because they leave this like Riddler ass note with the fucking newspaper clipping. Okay, yeah, fucking. Dude, Jim Carrey's Edward Nigma wrote that ransom note. But I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, you know, you get this call from the fucking Eddie and them, and then it's like, uh, you know, it's the nanny on the phone because Lara Flynn Boyle just can't handle it. And the rest of the movie is the nanny going after this these fucking guys. I've developed a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will find you and I will kill you. Joe Montana's like, good luck. <laughs> So this fucking note, it's like, it's like, dear Ronald Thump, if you ever want to see baby <laughs> Thump again, bring one million smackers to wherever. We're criminals, and we mean it. Well, there, there's a line, too, that I just remember where, like, right before the baby gets taken, they're, uh, before they show up, like, the mother's talking to the nanny about how, you know, oh, we have to dress the baby up. Baby Bink has to be dressed perfect. Like, it's got to be like a prince. She, It's not like a regular baby. You know, it's Baby Bink. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, do you just hate poor people? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, they, they sure do. They don't even think they're actual people, as we come to find out later. Just, it's just, uh, come on, man. Sick. <laughs> It's fucked up. Yeah, I don't need it. I hate these fucking people with a passion. Yeah, I don't like them. And it's very odd too. Like, I, like it doesn't feel like a John Hughes. Like John Hughes would write this. You know what I mean? Well, I was gonna say the McAllisters are clearly have a lot of money. Yes, I was just about to say that. But they they they're painted as a modest as modest people. Exactly. You know, the whole movie is is uh, Catherine O'Hara's character trying to get home to her kid. Whereas in this movie, I mean, granted, obviously the movie's a little bit different you know feel and whatnot but like this woman just kind of sits by just hoping the police figure it out whereas in that uh, movie the woman's literally going across the fucking country trying to get home to her kid well i feel like i feel like the McAllisters have like a six-figure income but they're like very still like they're not like this kind of rich you know what i mean yeah that's because they probably they probably worked for that money and these people look like they inherited it yeah well john hurt was became a famous photographer um, after Chud <laughs> and, um, Daniel Stern, you know, lived in the gutter, you know, after that explosion, he fucking became, you know, he met Joe Pesci and became a fucking you know, wet bandit. Look at how many lives you've destroyed, Dr. Buchanan. <laughs> That's his fault. He, he would stand there and say, saved, I believe, young Connor. Uh, he, he would stand there and go, what do you want me to do about it? I put those Chuds in the sewer. <laughs> it's just like actual John Hughes, John Hughes, John Hughes and, and John hurt john hughes buchanan john hughes buchanan <laughs> oh no he like went he like went back and like fused himself with john hughes me shock taylor's in the background like what the fuck <laughs> i forgot he's the second doctor so these uh these these numbskulls kidnap the baby take it back to their like lair how dare these people move into eric draven's apartment after he was killed <laughs> <laughs> they replaced the window and everything. And Darla's down the street. Like <laughs> she sure is. She's got six kids now. That's all. That's all she's got, Connor. They transfer from their th- this van they stole to their van, and this van, holy shit! Fucking coaches from the Warriors is like painted <laughs> on the side of this van. Yes, <laughs> and it's got like the fucking little like. Uh, Peep, uh, 
thing on the roof, almost like the turtle van. Like a Chuck E. Cheese fucking dome that they, like, stick their head out so they can, like, look. It's it's weird as fuck. But, yeah, like Connor said, they, they go back to their apartment, and it's this big fucking clock tower-looking thing at the top of an apartment building. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, they're then then the fucking hijinks just start. It, they, they kick up to fucking 11, and they don't stop. Um, I think the first one is, like, Joe Pantaleone changing this fucking kid. Oh, what, with the baby POV? Yeah, did anybody else feel super uncomfortable in this montage? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. He's like ripping the clothes off this child, like with his teeth. Also, like I'm pretty sure we're about nine minutes into the movie, and that's by the way, it only I wrote it down. It only took nine minutes for the first nut shot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We kind of glossed over that one. Oops. Sorry. We we gotta we gotta put the counter back up. So let's go back a tick. <laughs> Joe Montagna picks up the baby. He's like, oh, what a cute baby. And the baby kicks him right in the dick. Yeah, that's that's number one. That's uno. And that, that was when the parents were still standing there, and the mother at least, and no one comments on it. All right, so now uh, so now we're back in the fucking clock apartment. Um, so Norby tries to, uh, tries to calm the baby by, re- by uh, uh, singing to it, and he ends up putting himself to sleep. Oh, my God, this fucking song he sings. It's hilarious. He sings Mary Has a Little Lamb, but he adds, like, a bunch of his own lyrics, and it ends up that Mary went to jail or some shit. He's like... <laughs> He's like, Mary had a little lamb, and he wherever she went, the, the sheep was there. And then he fucking backstabbed, and she ended up in fucking jail. How's the rest of this go? What is this, the plot line for Meet the Feebles? Like, what are we doing here? The whole time, Joe Montani is, like, sitting in a chair reading a newspaper while these idiots, like, take care of this kid. Oh, we forgot the milk gag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right before he goes to sing for him, this is one of those movies where there's, like, just way too much happening all the time, so it's, like, hard to remember, like, the order of events sometimes. Yeah. But, like, right right after he finishes changing the baby, he puts him in, like, this overall outfit, which is important later. Um, Vico has the fucking water or the, uh, the, the formula for the baby and he heats it up in the microwave. No, it's, it's on a fucking stove and he's got this thing. Oh yeah. Got, like the fucking flame turned up to like 12 and it's just like boiling. Like it's like boiling acid in a fucking bottle. He, he goes to Eddie. I don't know if it's, uh, how to test this, if it's too hot or not. And he's like, put it on some skin. So he takes fucking, uh, Norby's hat off and he, and he drips it on him. The guy's like flipping out. He's like, God, oh, scalding hot. Oh my God. He sprays it on on his bald ass head. <laughs> so yeah, then 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 Norby sings this song. Meanwhile, in the background, Vico is at the fucking kitchen table. He literally poured an entire box of Fruit Loops in a bowl, and he's like making sure it doesn't like fall over while he's trying to eat it. He's holding his hand like on the cereal as he's pouring milk in it. Um, also, his name's Vico. I thought I I thought I kept hearing him say Vigo, and I'm like, v- is this fucker's name Vigo? Well, I don't, I don't think it's ever said in the movie, but according to Wikipedia, it was, like, a nickname for Victor. But he definitely never calls him Victor once in the movie. Since we don't really know the origin of how these guys knew each other, other than they're all clearly crooks and working together, maybe these are just nicknames Eddie gave them, and he's clearly, like, kind of the head dude. This is what Joe Pantaleone did, like, before he woke up in the Matrix. <laughs> Yeah, this was his before he took his pill. Like every every couple days, he just re- repeats the false fucking scenario out. <laughs> he was in he was in jail, and Morpheus was like, "Do you believe in your reality 
or what? Do you think that's air you're breathing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I do, actually. What the fuck is it to you? He's like, well, you know, I've been falling in this cement bucket for about 365 days, so maybe uh, something's not adding up. Got the weirdest feeling about deja vu. Keep kidnapping a baby. I got fucking flinged by a fucking gorilla. Twice today. So, yeah, the baby escapes through an open window after Norby puts himself to bed and Vico's sitting there eating fucking Fruit Loops. Side note, the, the kid's favorite book is called Baby's Day Out. TM. And he's like, <laughs> and he like starts seeing things from the book. And he calls the book Boo Boo, okay? For whatever reason. Oh, the baby's name in the book is Boo Boo. Or Baby Boo, I think it's called. Right, and, and and Norby tries reading it to him, but they they make this bad joke about how he can barely read, and he falls asleep. But like every everything that happens in the book, the kid is wants to do and successfully does throughout the whole movie. Right. So there's like a, like Joe was saying, there's like a pigeon outside the window, and he sees the page on the book that has a pigeon. And he starts crawling towards it, which is onto the fucking fire escape of all places. And climbs up to the fucking roof. How this baby is alive, I don't know. Just real quick, that guardian angel comment I made. Well, they say it in the movie. I know, but this this, <laughs> this movie had a complete video game that was supposed to be released. was canceled at the last minute. And you can actually fucking, like, download the ROM, apparently. (laughs) Don't you play as the Guardian Angel? You play as the Guardian Angel and you gotta stop the baby from dying. It's actually not a bad idea for a video game if you're gonna do one based on this, because, like, what else do you do? Just hold right and then the baby just moves at a slow crawl? (laughs) Could you imagine playing this back-to-back with, like, Home Alone for Super Nintendo? Oh, God. Oh, dear God. Or, like, Dennis the Menace. There's actually a game that came out the last few years. I I I can't remember what it's called, but, like... Your job is to play as a father and and not get your baby killed, basically, as it tries to run around what? the apartment eating batteries, drinking bleach, and climbing into the bathtub. That sounds like a nightmare. So, yeah, baby escapes the roof and inside this apartment. Uh, Vico is biting his nails off and spitting them across the room. Oh, God. Fuck him, man. That is so disgusting. And Joe Montaigne is like, what are you doing? And he's, and he's like... What does he say? I like to look pretty? He's like, do you have to spit? No, he goes, I don't eat my own body parts. Yeah, that okay, this whole exchange sucks. Because, like, you're waiting for the punchline, and the punchline is, I don't eat my own body parts, do you? And Joe Montaigne looks at him and just fucking starts reading his paper again. Yeah. Well, then they get you with another punchline right after that, where the baby somehow miraculously hanging on the top of a a, a fucking window that's like kind of on an arch over this uh, living room. It's broken open. Yeah. A broken open window. It's just got its hands on there. No problem. And then they do like a close up on the baby drooling and this big glob lands on the back of Joe Montaigne's neck and he just assumes it's Vico. Yeah, spitting on him. And he smacks him upside the fucking head and he's like, you spit on me. And then the baby laughs and they look up and he goes my money for the first time yeah yeah they look up and they see the kid also aren't they getting rain in this apartment if they're fucking (laughs) if that window's broken like they don't look like they're living too pretty okay for being uh you know semi-successful criminals apparently it looks okay in there it doesn't look as dirty as i thought it would they see baby they wake up norby they run to the rooftop and how does Eddie get knocked out for the first time? I don't fucking remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we got to establish that Norby's afraid of heights, too. They could, they all go ru- to run on the fucking fire escape, and Norby kind of gets, like, pushed to the side, and he gets all nauseous because he looks over. Yeah. And so so they're running up after the baby, and I don't, I don't remember how fucking Vico gets, like, out of the situation, but Eddie sees the baby crawling on this fucking board with the pigeon at the end of it. 
in between the, their building and the building in front of them. So he he's fucking running towards the baby, and it gets off the board at the last second, and right as it gets off the board, kind of goes up and whacks him under the chin. Joe Pantaleone and the fucking guy from Little Giants come over and pick up Joe Montaigne, <laughs> and they're like... Uh, like, hey, what's the matter, Joe Montaigne? You all right? Uh, what's the matter? And the fucking, as the kid, like, gets off the board, it, like, comes back down and, like, hits him in the fucking top of his head and, like, knocks him out. And then the guy from Little Giants is like, oh, Jesus, is a stupid fucking boy. People can't just leave these things lying around. And he fucking throws it across the thing. Like, they could have easily just walked across and got the kid. Yes. I did. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing because Joe Pantaleone is like, what the fuck are you doing? Him and Joe Pantaleone are, are definitely the morons of the group. I mean, they're all kind of morons, but, like, Little Giants guy is definitely, like, the, like, head moron. Well, they always leave Eddie in, like, these weird vulnerable positions where he's left without any help, but they weren't any help to begin with. It's almost like their their help is more damaging than anything else. He should have ditched these idiots a long time ago. His name is Joe Pantaleano. Not Leone. I, I'm calling him Norby. I don't know. I fucked up his name the whole episode. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fucking crucify me. I don't give a fuck. So they go to leap across this rooftop, and their idea is to grab Eddie and, like... <laughs> what the fuck? Grab Eddie like he's Bernie Lomax, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Weekend at Joe Montaigne's. And they go to jump, and his body just goes limp right down, like... Okay. <laughs> he falls, like, four fucking stories... And lands nuts first on someone's, like, air conditioning unit. This was a legitimate laugh for me. <laughs> like, does a full split slam, and is just like... <laughs> so would that be the second nut shot of the movie? Second nut shot. For sure. We're definitely gonna have to keep a count. There's a lot. There's tons. The window user falls out, and then he, he like, doesn't he crotch a clothesline? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that really counts as a nut shot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's three. I mean, come okay, on. Okay, okay. And, and then he fucking, what does he grab, a bird feeder? <laughs> yeah. He grabs a bird feeder, which then it's got suction cups. The suction cups give way, and he falls to his death, and then the movie ends, okay? The breakdown is funnier than the sequence. Yeah. Yeah, he falls into, like, a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, he falls into the literal movie dumpster. And then the string that ha- he had caught is part of an antenna, and the antenna flies off the roof and then lands on him in the dumpster. Like, look... This is a very involved pain sequence for the beginning of the movie. Like this, you're supposed to work up to this, okay? Oh yeah. And this is like a this is like a four step fucking disaster. And it's the first fucking thing that happens to this guy. This is a life ending injury. If this, <laughs> well, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, you're getting taken out on a stretcher, or you're dead. Simple as that. And this is the first of many of those. Like at least Home Alone built up the damage rating that you see these guys take. Exactly. This is like that's death. Like it was kind of believable, sorta, but not really. Yeah, not really. But this is just like ludicrous. Well, yeah. Plus he gets hit by that board, and he's like has a pretty realistic reaction to that. Of like. He looks concussed. Oh, yeah. And then and then he just falls off that building. So it's like, okay, so they're going to take as much, like, physical damage as they probably would actually take from these these pratfalls, but uh, the next scene needs them to continue doing what they're doing, so I guess uh, they're just going to get up and keep going. Oh, yeah. While these guys, these fucking three stooges, are getting beat up by a fucking baby by just basically being inept, uh, you cut back to the, the old Cotwell house. And he got the fucking FBI and every cop in the goddamn city of Chicago at this house. Uh, sir, should we be out helping other people? No, we all need to be here. This, um, this reminded me of actually some, like, real fucked up real world stuff. Uh, real world stuff. Like, the the details behind the Lindbergh baby case are kind of like this. Because apparently, like, after the kidnapping, like, that family, specifically Mr. Charles Lindbergh, 
couldn't stay the fuck out of that investigation, which is partially why they never found that kid. It's the Cotwell baby. Like, yeah, rich people like really like to get involved in investigations, apparently. Because they have nothing better to do except when something happens. Um, And, you know, not only that, but, like, just to see, like, okay, yeah, it's your kid, but you don't even care about your kid. That's another big thing about this movie. Like, these people don't give a fuck about this baby. All they care about is their lineage continuing because uh, to keep up the, the air of... um. Uh, dynasty. Other than that, who could fucking care? They don't. Well, well, Lara Flynn Boyle puts on this like this look of of uh, upsetness, or you know, she's sad throughout the entire film. But I'm just not buying it in her character. No, not at all. I, all I see in her eyes is she's like, people are gonna make fun of me at the fucking this the 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 the, the mixer, the spritzer party. I'll be the mom who got her baby stolen by three yokos, like like, like three uh three yo-yos, yokos. I don't know why I said yokos. I'm very tired, everybody. <laughs> Imagine three yoko onos came and stole <laughs> the baby. <laughs> Oh my God! A coven of yokos. Three, uh, three yokozunas came in. Um, or yokozunas, yeah. They were, yeah, they were. Uh, three very large men came in. They said they were photographers. I didn't see anything weird about it. <laughs> kind of looked like a turtle wearing a trench coat. You're going to Laguardia, right? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, they did the India remake. They might as well do the Japanese one. I don't, I don't know if we want to save this till the end of the podcast, but I just maybe we should just talk about it now. Apparently, this movie was huge in India. It got a better return than here because. <laughs> It was. It only made fourteen million dollars here. It was remade twice, and the second time it was remade, I think they called it James Bond. <laughs> what? Yes. I don't. I can't explain that one for the life of me. Can we watch those? Okay. I will totally. <laughs> I will totally follow this shit up with that because it's just so goddamn ludicrous. I also heard that this movie played in in like a special theater in India that only plays big movies. It's, like, one of the biggest theaters in India, and it played there for over a year. What? Like, there's weird trivia associated with this film in other countries. I I don't know if I ever want to revisit this movie, uh, but I I, I watched five minutes of the remake, and it's a fucking shot-for-shot remake, but it's in a different location. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? They literally have the different actors doing the exact same pratfalls. The fucking gorilla suit looks like total dog shit. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. No, it's a one-to-one. <laughs> wow. Why? Look it up. It's interesting, if nothing else. Did they make a killing in India by remaking it? I guess so. I guess they just, you know, they figured, you know, we have this site subtitled or dubbed over version that we've been shown for, you know, X amount of time. Let's just make our own version. Fuck it. I feel like that's so unique to America. Because we're so fucking lazy that we can't read subtitles and enjoy a, a foreign film for what it is. And they're like, I'm not watching this shit. I gotta fucking read. Oh, you remade it in in English? Okay. I, I would almost guess that it's more of just because it became such a cultural phenomenon for them. It, you know, granted, this is based off of shit I read online. And, if you know, if they made two fucking versions of this film, like, clearly it was something over there. Yeah, well... That's fucking bizarre and way more interesting than this film. Sure. Um. So this film, uh, there, the baby gets into an apartment, something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it after it gets over to the other side, um, Norby and Vico they run down to help Eddie out after he fucking falls ten stories into this dumpster, and the baby just fucking just crawls around. No one notices it, and that's a running theme throughout this film. What is up with that? Every adult in this film doesn't have object permanence. If it's below their knees, they don't see it. Yeah, but like, I feel like. <sighs> That's so fucking ludicrous. Like, how do you not see his fucking baby crawl? Like, except one person does. Do these people not know what, like, these people, like, they see a dog and go, oh my god, what's that? I've never seen one before. Oh, get out of my way, dog. 
like get out of my way, baby. I got places to be. What the hell was that? Oh, it was, it was a baby. I ran over. Were you going to LaGuardia? <laughs> <laughs> kind of looked like a baby in overalls. Baby in overalls. <laughs> Go to LaGuardia. <laughs> it's just very weird. I don't know. So that the baby gets out of this apartment and it somehow makes its way down an elevator into the street and and it fucking passes these three goons in the side alley, uh, basically trying to collect themselves. And, and basically, while Eddie's getting pulled out of this dumpster that he surely would have died from falling into, uh, the baby makes its way into a fucking bus, because that's another part from its book that it's, you know, trying to reenact. You can't get onto a bus unless the bus driver opens the door for you. And given how the bus driver can just look right and see what's coming in the bus, a baby. You want to you hear the true story of what happened? The, the, the driver closes the door on the baby mid midsection and crushes it to death. Well, it's like that scene in Speed. The fucking bomb's right under the de- the stairs, so, you know. This is true. God forbid, you know, he goes under 40 miles an hour, say goodbye to Baby Bink. Dennis Hopper's there. He's like, pop quiz, Baby Bink. This bus driver is a fucking sociopath, first of all. <laughs> he, he blows the fucking whistle, man. I've been on buses in Las Vegas, though, and I'm just going to assume that all bus drivers are sociopaths. Boppo, boppo, where's the baby? Well, they get they get in their little shit can uh, van, and they're chasing this fucking bus, and they are driving like it is speed. Like, they're Keanu Reeves in the fucking car trying to catch up to it. Like, they're blowing lights. They're going down the fucking side alleys. They're just... They're driving reckless. It's fucking... Like, they're trying to be inconspicuous, but they're also, like, not at all. Why are they trying to, like, ram this bus? Like, why don't they just follow it? He's like, oh, pull around it, and I'll jump out onto the bus. And I'm like, just wait till it fucking stops. It's a bus. Like, it's gonna stop. Yeah, it's gonna stop. It's not going anywhere permanently. And and the whole time that they're trying to do this, the bus driver just sees them, like, kind of coming in on him. He just laughs to himself and, like, turns the other way. Yeah, what is that about? And then they cut through an alley... But they cut through too far, and this bus is basically about to T-bone them, and doesn't fucking stop. No. So they have to back back into the alley. This bus driver is playing chicken with a bus full of people. <laughs> he's like, ah, he's like, ah, he's like, ah, you move or I'm, I'm not moving because I, I could die today. It don't matter to me. I'm, I'm a bus driver. Workman's comp. Here it comes. They came out of nowhere, sir. I don't know what happened. I'm very sorry for their families, but I totally T-boned them. The bus stops, and this this one woman. That has this huge fucking bag, and the baby somehow crawls into it. Oh, God. And so she gets off the bus, and she starts heading in their direction. And then here come the fat jokes. Uh, with- <laughs> oh, my God. Vico goes up to the bus driver, and he, he's like, oh, was there a baby on here? And the guy's like, yeah, hit the fucking road. And then uh, th- the woman's basically trying to get walk down the street, but they have their van parked in a way that it's like you got to either walk in front of it or you got to walk behind it, but you got to kind of squeeze around it. And she makes this joke. She's like, ah, you know, you fucking animals parking in the middle of the sidewalk. What the hell's wrong with you? She asked for it, dude. Like, <sighs> yeah, she, she's starting in with them. But like, do you really got to take it to that level there, uh, little giant's dad? Hey, well, she fucking got all up in their like shit. I mean, look. I'm not defending these guys, but, like, this woman, like, forcibly <laughs> comes up to this guy and, like, right. presses him against the van with her breasts and then pushes herself around the fucking car. You know what she reminds me of? The hippo lady from Rocco? How dare you? Oh, my God. So she squeezes around this bus and fucking little giants guys like, hey, why don't you fucking not eat 12 fucking pork roasts every day, you fat ass? And she's like, oh, okay. 
fine. And then she squeezes around the other side of the bus or van or whatever. And then she kicks their asses. Yeah, well, he sees the fucking baby in the bag. And they're walking behind this woman, like, trying to get the baby out of the bag. And Joe Joe Pantoliano's like, he's like, give her a sandwich. Give her a sandwich. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what the fuck? Well, well, she hears them making all these, like, fat jokes behind her. Well, yeah, we find out later. And and she fucking stops dead in her tracks and turns around and starts beating the life out of these guys. Which they deserve. She's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to eat a sandwich. Oh, I'm I'm huge? Okay, yeah. You know, you want to take me out? She, she pummels these fucking guys. Whoops her asses. But he, this is one of those things where, like, they're not all getting their ass kicked at the same time, and they all know the baby's in the bag. Why doesn't one of them grab it and let the other one get their ass kicked? I mean, because they, they, they clearly don't give a shit about the injuries inflicted on one another. So why doesn't one of them... Because they're dumb. That's, like, all I've got. Pontiliano, like, waits for this woman to beat the shit out of a little giant's guy and then goes for the kid and then she grabs him. Hey, and meanwhile, Joe Montana's just standing there flabbergasted. I don't know, man. She fucking gets Montana in a headlock and beats the fuck out of his face. Baby crawls into, like, a, into like a hotel lobby and he runs into Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> God help us all. He said, come here, kid. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead. No hugs, though. Uh, He's, like, wandering around the lobby or something, and this woman just... The only woman in the film to notice the baby crawling around anywhere. Exactly, exactly. Well, I just want to note real quick, like, this is the... This is a scene that, like, I remember very like vividly like from being a kid is when he's like in the it's revolving doors so the kid like gets into a revolving door and like sits down and somebody pushes it and he like slides on his ass like 16 (laughs) feet across the floor and this chick picks him up she's like what are you doing at a mother goose corner come here she brings him into this daycare center and uh she like changes his diaper and puts him with the other kids and then he doesn't he like hitch a ride on a fucking stroller and like drinks a fucking apple juice and i guess Vern troyer's under there kicking his fucking feet around <laughs> yep he definitely was so the baby you know again fucking escapes like we were just talking about Vern troyer kicks his little legs and uh <laughs> the baby the baby basically i didn't mean it to come across like that but it did i'm just gonna leave it at that um, the baby, the baby goes back out the entrance. Meanwhile, these guys are still recovering from getting their asses kicked from this woman. Like minute, it has to have been about twenty minutes, probably. Oh yeah. The baby goes back outside, and it's it's crawling around again. And somehow, you know, now there's a news report going on about the baby. And this woman standing outside the fucking department store that the baby comes out of, and she drops her microphone because the baby like gets tangled up in the wire. Oh my god. And she bends down to pick it up. She doesn't look, but the cameraman also follows her with the camera you see the baby on the television screen for like a couple seconds as she's trying to like put her hand on the ground and grab the microphone more than once picks it up and continues doing the reporting and no one bats a fucking eye why would you even put that in the film because like it's so stupid like well it's it's literally in there so that all of the 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 main characters miss it the mother misses it at the last second it's on TV. The reporter misses it. The guy on the camera just doesn't just say, holy shit, there's the baby we're talking about in the news report right now. The only people that notice it are the crooks. It's divine levels of, 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 how do I, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, fuckery? It's baby luck. <laughs> Ma- yeah, like, of inept, like, ineptitude and, like, I, I can't, I don't see things below my waist. Completely fucking oblivious. To everything around you. It's also, also from, from a writing perspective, it's in the most contrived nonsense I've ever laid my eyes on. Like, you're telling me you can't, 
You wrote it so this woman bends down and doesn't use her eyes to find where this object went. It would take half the time to find it. There is a child in right in front of her, like next to the microphone. The only other person besides the fucking three kidnappers to see it is fucking E.F. Duncan at the veteran's home. <laughs> He fucking sold the goddamn toy factory and he's retired now. Two turtle doves. That again, you know, they drop these little like scenes that make zero sense in context and they come up again later like, oh, is that just foreshadowing because you didn't know a better way to have that come into the movie? Um, yeah, because like that, that, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but like that part just comes out of nowhere because it's in the book and like that's the epiphany the nanny has. Right. But, but as you're watching the movie, it's just like, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like I wonder, you know, I, I've seen this movie before a few times when I was a kid, like I was way more into it. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording how like when we were younger, like a few of us had seen this and we're like, yeah, I remember this being really funny. And then the, like watching it now, it's like, yeah, it's okay in a few spots, but like, ugh, for the most part, it's just, it's just weird to have this level of like contrived foreshadowing i guess when like you have the same writer who did home alone and like one of the coolest bits of foreshadowing in that movie is the uh the the ice man or the salt man the the fucking old uh, the old man the shovel yeah the southbound shovel slayer the southbound shovel slayer and like he shows up in the movie you're like oh shit and then like he's the like he's the hero of the film basically see that that's a good that's cool so you telling me ef duncan's the hero of baby's day out <laughs> He's the hero of something. He's a veteran. I mean, honestly, without getting too ahead of ourselves, Bink is the hero and the fucking uh, villain of Baby's Day Out. Yes, he is. Maybe after E.F. Duncan, like, lost his fucking toy store because, like, he probably had to pay out the ass for his insurance money. Because <laughs> of that dropped fucking window? Because <laughs> that fucking dropped fucking window. He probably had to move into a retirement home. Is like, looking for a way to change the fucking world and sees his baby on TV. Oh, man. Do you know what? Sean's totally right. The baby is both the protagonist and the antagonist <laughs> of this movie. Baby won't let fucking dead dogs lie. Boop <laughs> <No. laughs> boop. <laughs> Meanwhile, he boo boos off into a fucking cab somehow. <laughs> they gotta go chase him again. Woo! <laughs> he boo boos off into a fucking cab. Um. <laughs> <laughs> This is also where you get this scene where the, the where the fucking parents are, are going to like check the tips out on like where the people have seen the baby. Oh god damn it! Is this the apartment scene? Yeah, you go. They go to this fucking Italian guy. It's the fucking guy from Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah, you were saying that the assassin, the hitman, the hitman. I don't know what this guy's name is. He's been in a bunch of shit, but I'm always like, oh, the guy from Dumb and Dumber. So like, the father walks up to this guy and he's like, uh. Why does he question this guy in the first place? He calls them and he's like, I seen that baby. And he fucking, you know, they, they go down there and um, they're like, what, where's the baby? What did you see? And he's like, I saw a baby. He's like, where'd you see him? He's like, on a corner over there. And he's like, okay, where'd he go? And he's like, I don't know. You know, I, you did the damnedest thing. I can't quite remember. Maybe if you gave me a few fucking Benjamins, I, you know, I'll, figure, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember something. He's like, across the street, second floor, upstairs. Bye. After, like, the dad starts dropping money in this dude's fucking lap. Yes. Okay, so this guy, this super rich motherfucker, is just throwing, like, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars at this guy to fucking, just so he'd tell him where the kid is, right? So they go, <laughs> so they go into the building next door, and they go upstairs and knock on this woman's door, and she opens it up. She looks like fucking Carol Kane. This is Darla from The Crow. Yeah. It takes a dark turn here, for me at least, like. Nah, this is this a little fucked up, this, this, this particular moment. They knock this poor woman's door down, the two guys, the two FBI guys and, and the rich couple, the, the, the Cockmans, and they're like, hey, what? They're like, our fucking baby's in here, and this woman's scared stiff, and, like, 
she's obviously like super poor. She's got five kids she can't fucking feed or like clothe properly. The 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 apartment's in shambles. You know, it's a real it's a shithole because she can't, you know, there's all you know, she can only do so much. But like they fucking kick down the door like they own the fucking place. And they're just like, get the fuck out of my way, poor lady. Where's my baby? They go into the other room, right? And there's a baby in a crib, and it's like got its back to us, so we can't see its face. And um, the rich mother makes for the crib, and the poor mother goes for the other mother, and the fucking FBI guy grabs her by the arm and like pulls her back. And yeah, the, and the fucking rich mother goes into the baby and like turns it around and like sees that it's not her kid, and like then we have like a heart to heart moment, like. Fuck you! Get the fuck out of my house! You you peep you weird motherfuckers breaking in here! You fucking privileged ass aristocrat motherfuckers that you just like barge in my house! No no um no mention of a warrant, no mention of probable cause. Like like I guess like probable cause maybe they got a tip from the fucking fat Italian guy across the street that you bribed for information. The FBI, by the way. She just turns around. And she's like, "Up, oh, not my baby. Sorry for the fuck, whatever." Bye. And this poor woman's like, "Oh, hi, rich woman. These are my pride and joy. I hope you find your child." Hug. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what I'd do if I lose one. And the, the mother's like, oh, I hope you never have to or whatever. And it's like, fuck you, lady. You don't give a shit about your fucking kid. You know what you could have done to make the situation better? I don't know. Maybe given all that money you gave that slob downstairs to this woman so she could feed her fucking kids. I was just about to bring it up because you know what? I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. And everybody leaves the room and the dad's like, oh, I got to hang back a second. And I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's going to be a decent guy. And like, you know, kind of like, you know, clandestinely give this woman some money because she's on hard times, right? He looks at her and goes, hey, sorry, and then just leaves. <laughs> you could have wrote this woman a check and she would have been set for the rest of her life. Like, and it would have been a drop in the bucket for you, you fucking scumbag. I don't know. It really, it re- this scene really bothered the shit out of me. It was the first time the movie grabbed my attention for the wrong reasons because I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Well, I thought something, I thought it, they were going to do something good with it and they just don't. So baby ends up where? I don't fucking remember. It, it goes to the zoo. First it gets in the taxi cab and the taxi cab stops at like an apartment or something and like the, the cab driver takes the passenger out and like has a bunch of bags and they're help he's helping her with their bags and then the the baby crawls out of the the taxi cab and the fucking three morons finally catch up with the cab and they fucking drive right into the back of this cab they're like there's the cab step on it and they fucking crash into the back of it so everybody's dead in the car <laughs> uh, if anybody's in it well, especially the baby because it's not in a car seat that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> that baby would have flung right into the front seat into the windshield. Oh, out the fucking windshield. It'd be like fucking baby Selwyn from Dead Alive. Oh, no. So, <laughs> going right out, getting fucking kicked out the fucking window. Imagine this movie with that fucking character. <laughs> Better movie. <laughs> and he's biting people along the way, turning them into zombies. <laughs> Dead baby alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Baby, baby's dead alive. Baby's brain dead. Oh, oh and Joe Montana is like, oh, Singaya, what's that? Oh, Jesus Christ. At this moment, Baby Bink decides to play a little uh, game of Frogger. With some really bad green screen. Uh, okay, so, like, this would make sense if every car coming in the road was, like, an 18-wheeler or some kind of rig. Where you legitimately maybe can't see below you. But these are all regular cars, and people are just like, that's eh, a baby, whatever. <laughs> How can you 
<laughs> Look, I get it. It's the city, but y- come on. I, I don't I mean, I want to keep talking about how this baby getting killed is a possibility, but like, let's be real, you know, <laughs> somebody in a fucking 16 wheeler is going to run that baby over and think it's a skunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're just going to keep going. Jesus. They'll feel the thump and they'll go, oh, that was weird. Speed bump. Oh, Bobo, Bobo. Yeah, exactly. That, that fucking joke came full circle. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking baby is uh, is Billy. So the baby makes it across the street. Uh, the idiots go across the street and get hit by cars and fall into a fucking ditch. You know, and everybody sees them but doesn't stop. Oh, yeah. So they so they follow the baby tracks to the gorilla pen. Look, boys. Baby tracks. <laughs> that was creepier than he was. <laughs> this is the point in the movie where they called Rick Baker. Yeah, and Rick was like, yeah, shit. Well, I made the gorilla for fucking the 1976 fucking uh, King Kong. I might as well do this. Rick Baker had done this gorilla animatronic to play the character of Digit in Gorillas in the Mist. And then and then when this movie came around, he just modified it. So he made it instead of, uh, you know, a mountain gorilla, he made it look like a western lowland gorilla. Let, let's be real. Rick, Rick Baker, like, donated a gorilla suit to this movie. <laughs> Make you something? I'll give you something. I'm not making you something. Somebody needed a favor, and they were like, hey, Rick, you got that gorilla suit? And he's like, yeah, you can just fucking have it. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a gorilla, and the uh, baby's in the pen with it somehow. <laughs> And uh, these three morons now have to try for, uh, let's uh, look at my watch the next ten minutes, get it out. This fucking goes on forever. You know, it's fu- It's it's funny to, like, an extent, but you, it's it, we're doing this a lot in this movie. Like, you're just playing the fucking joke out. It's not funny. The only thing I reacted to, because the the in my head, uh, how it worked horrified me, is when uh, uh, Vico reaches in to grab the baby and the gorilla kind of curls up. And just hammer fist his fucking hand. I'm like, I'm like, that is legitimately cringeworthy. I'm like, because that is a shattered hand. Like, <laughs> your bones are paced. I wish his hand was all like fucking garbled up and like crunched up, but it's not. Or something. But no, he's he has full use of it until the end of the movie when he's wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. At the end, it hurts. <laughs> so the fucking, he gets his hand smashed. Norby fucking takes the fucking uh, a mop and like slips it through um the kid's overalls and tries to lift him out and the gorilla like takes the kid off the the mop and like fucking hits the mop and he goes flying and somehow is just like fine in the next scene we don't even see what the <laughs> fuck happens to him he literally has like he's like standing over it like he's riding it like a, like like he's riding a fucking broom why does he do that by the way I I don't know he's like I got the kid let me put it under let me put it between my crotch is that count as one of the nut shots is that four five like what are we at now i think that's the biggest nut shot of the movie there's one coming up that i just is gonna knock this number up to about a million but uh <laughs> we, we haven't quite gotten it to it yet if it was a pinball machine we, we'd, we'd have tilt <laughs> this is a multi-ball bonus yes nor norby goes flying in the air falls on his head and doesn't die and his back lower back hurts apparently like he's been sitting on a computer all day again they're doing these one person at a time for some reason instead of all just kind of oh yeah while norby's trying to get the kid eddie's over on the side going hey uh gorilla i'm a banana i'm a coconut i'm a whole fruit salad i'm a banana imagine imagine joe estevez in that role oh man now you're talking (laughs) sign me up for that shit Just see Joe Estevez get picked up by a gorilla and thrown. So I kind of gave it away a little bit, but yeah, Joe Montana gets picked up by this gorilla through the bars and fucking launched. It 
grabs him, leans in real close, and screams in his face for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And the camera zooms into its teeth, its blood red eyes, um, and then lingers in this fucking actually scary gorilla vo- uh, face. And then it throws him across the hallway into another bar, uh, set of bars to where I'm sure uh, his just everything in the rear must be just, just goo at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn near killed him. And he, he literally is stuck in this thing for, like, the next, like, two minutes of screen time. Not moving. I think it's funny. Like, they should have just cut it, like, at where, like, there's, like, a little um, chimpanzee in the, in the uh, cage. <laughs> and it, like crawls up on his leg and then just like slides down and does like something funny like it like lays down on its back and like puts its ass in the air or I don't know. it's just it's just being a funny monkey and uh that would have been good but no it, he we literally sit here for like 20 fucking minutes while the gorilla pen opens and the gorilla goes outside with the fucking baby and and he's still stuck in the goddamn cage yeah, and they have this little somber moment of the baby looking back at uh the gorilla the gorilla's sad and then he leaves yeah i was really feeling something let me tell you this kid's nine months old he's supposed to be nine months old and he's got the memory of a fucking three or four year old for god's sake yeah he goes to the park and he sees all the moms and the dads and the kids having fun and and they literally linger on the shot of baby bink like he's depressed he has a fucking hand on a bench like he's looking on the like over a balcony like he's having a he's he's lost in thought deep thoughts with baby bink he's a depressed nine month old yeah i'm i'm so alone and lost in this big city oh what happened how'd this day go so wrong and like doesn't some woman walk up and she's like where's your mommy and then she just kind of also fucks off yeah well she looks over and there's like a woman on a blanket and the woman on the blanket looks up and smiles at her and she's like oh that must be your mom okay bye no that was another human being just being nice because you were staring at her yeah (laughs) Yeah. and by the way your kid is only that far away from you maybe when they're like six or seven yeah you know what i mean like not nine months old i could even see like maybe a two or three year old maybe maybe you can't speak and you can you can barely walk but uh yeah go ahead fuck off go do what you want the only word this baby knows is boo when he repeats it yeah i don't remember how the fuck we get to the construction site but that's next isn't it no they're, they're you missed the whole uh burning crotch section there connor and this takes fucking forever too and it's just like this isn't funny man all i know about this remember is the fucking janitor from scrub shows up as one of the cops he sure does neil fucking flynn this segment is very reminiscent of the living room from Medea. Yes. We 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 can't leave this park. We're we're trapped in this park. <laughs> It's very disturbing too. Yeah, this baby knows how to use a fucking lighter. Yeah. Not only not only that, but like, let's just call it as is. Why is this baby grabbing this guy's dick? And like cranking it. Yeah, like why is he? Why is he? Like he's knowingly inflicting lots of violence on this poor man's genitalia. How strong is this kid? That too. Like, what is his grip? He's got like fucking. He's got iron grip, and he's like grabbing. <laughs> All right, we gotta set this up. Baby escapes, and like, what is it? V- Vico. Someone says like, maybe he went in a rabbit hole, and then like they, the baby goes in like a tunnel, and Eddie's like, he went in a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, what do tunnels have? And one of them says something stupid. He's like, no, two sides. <laughs> Toll booth, he says. Yeah, Vico, the smart one in the group. There's also this quick thing when they when they basically see the baby crawling from the zoo into this park. Um, or I guess it's already in the park. They just see the baby crawling, and they, they're in the van, and they pull over, but they don't stop it for some reason. Like, they don't stop it from running. They just get out and start chasing it. And, uh, you know, like, like you guys just said, it once goes down this little fucking uh, runoff pipe. And then, you know, they catch the baby, finally. The movie over. No, 
they uh because they left the car running cops are looking at it and I'm like yeah they they go sit on a park bench and he just threw Eddie throws his fucking jacket over the baby and there's this huge lump in his lap and these cops don't think anything of it. It looks like he's stroking his fucking hog under there, man. <laughs> like, it's the most awkward thing. Like, these cops are like, yeah, baby was stolen and this weirdo is sitting on a fucking bench with this tr- car running and this and this uh, coat draped over his crotch. Um, so the cops are questioning these guys about what they're doing there and why the battery, the, why the car's on. And, like, baby just, like, I don't know, grabs his dick, a fifth nut shot. What would it be, a five or six? He's got this thing in a vice. Yeah. And he's just fucking cranking this dude's balls. And he's like, uh, and he's like trying to talk to the cops. Yeah, but I'm worried about the batteries. Well, it's like Joe Pesci when he's got the guy's head in the fucking, uh... In the vice. Yeah, the vice in Casino. That's basically what I was picturing with this fucking baby with his junk. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how strong is this child? I mean, I could imagine that being uncomfortable any way you slice it, but, like, the way he's overacting acting in this scene is just like uncomfortable i yes without a doubt but like painful i just i I mean i get they're trying to like kidnap this baby for this ransom but also not hurt it in the process but like i don't know how you don't just put your hand over this baby like tie this baby you know up or something put a handkerchief over his fucking mouth something both of those little hands fit in your grown-ass man hand just hold the kid yeah just hold him what the fuck are you doing well thank god this baby doesn't cry ever or else they would have been fucked immediately instead of just bites him and fucking grabs his nutsack yeah seriously does it bite him it bites him on the hand and then that because he like puts his hand over his mouth right yeah yeah and, th- and then it finds like you guys were saying the zippo in his pocket what the fuck <laughs> Apparently, a, a, a baby, again, a nine-month-old, knows how to light a Zippo lighter. Not only light the Zippo lighter, but articulate, he, like, literally roasts this guy's nuts by, like, waving the flame under his ball sack, like... Yeah, Bing Crosby's fucking playing a piano across the street, for God's sakes. And, like, I'm sorry, like, zip, like Zippos, like, are sometimes, like, even as a grown-ass man, you're like, nope, 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 there we go, and then the skin of my... And now the skin of my thumb is gone. This baby pulls his fucking zippo out and goes, done. The baby's under the jacket, just like basically putting the heat to him, but not lighting him on fire quite yet. And he and he's sweating fucking bullets. And the other two guys are just sitting there like clueless. They don't know what the hell's going on. Why does he have a lighter? Yeah! I never see him smoke a cigarette the whole movie. That's what I'm saying. Why the fuck does he have a lighter? He's going to need it later when he smokes his crack pipe after the fucking day he had. So, yeah, this go- to, to, to cut this short, like this goes on for like 10 fucking minutes oh yeah like i said living room scene worthy and find the cops walk away and like well they well hold on connor they go to walk away and then for some reason janitor decides hey is that a uh blah 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 oh yeah my brother has one let me let me ask you more questions and this is at the point where the baby's now literally uh engulfed his pants in flames and there's smoke coming out from under his jacket and they don't notice for some reason i i thought for sure these guys were getting busted and then like you don't yeah, look fine you're talking friendly with a cop whatever you don't fucking like pat the cop on the back and like put your arm around his neck and like hey let's go to my car well, what do you say well then one of the cops basically goes you know once the, his nuts are really smoking he's like ah yeah oh, someone's barbecuing he's like ah, I love the smells of the summer yeah you can really tell you could really tell it's summer you smell that fucking barbecue <laughs> meanwhile the, ba- the baby fucking crawls away while this guy's literally trying not to fucking loses goddamn marbles what's he doing with that other hand if he's not you know what i mean like okay so he has one hand out and he has one hand under the coat supposedly holding the kid why isn't he stopping that 
flame. Why isn't he doing anything? He's not doing anything. <laughs> like he's not doing anything to prevent anything. He's just sitting there taking all this abuse. And it's just it's just dumb. Well, the kicker is he pulls the fucking jacket away because they finally leave, and I guess just the process of pulling it away and the in wind going through it just it totally <laughs> blows the flame even more. The oxygen hits it and it just goes. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I I feel like talking about it is funnier than it actually is. The only funny part of this is what you're about to talk about next. Oh yeah. In my head, I'm thinking, hey Joe, get your jacket and fucking just pat it out. Nope. Instead, Vico comes over, throws him to the ground as he screams in agony, and fucking shit stomps the living bejesus out of Eddie's balls. <laughs> Okay, oh, that's that's hilarious, guys. He's stepping on his nuts. No, the funny part about this is that Joe Montana is on the floor going, oh, 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 oh. And, and this guy, you, you see full frontal, like, dummy crotch getting stomped yeah. the fuck out. It's really violent looking. And he's got, like, heavy work boots on and everything. Yeah. There's sound effects of, like, meat being crushed. He's, like, stepping on it and, like, twisting his foot around. It's, it, I legitimately laughed. And then, like, he stomps his fucking fire out, and then what does he say? Now that's how you put out a campfire. Doesn't he say, like, doesn't he say he was a Boy Scout or some shit like that? Yeah, and Joe, and Joe Montana's like, what did you roast your marshmallows over f- smoking gonads? He shouldn't be conscious, let alone able to speak. Let's just get that out there. He's... <laughs> Privates are so devastated. Well, Norby makes a joke about it. He goes, oh, I could see right through to your pantaloonies. It's completely eviscerate. Like, this man does not have a crotch anymore. Like, it's just a fucking goo mess. He basically looks like Two-Face down there now. So now, like, at this point, it's impossible to keep track of the nut shots because, like, we just got 13 to, four, to like, 20 in a row. Oh, yeah. It's probably the most I've seen in any one of these dumbass movies, like these stupid-ass kids' movies. I'm not I'm not even sure if Home Alone had a proper nut shot. Uh, yeah, he shoots him right in the dick with the, with the fucking BB gun. In the second one, he gets it with the, uh, the, the power staple or whatever the fuck that thing was. The baby Maybe goes to this construction site, but before like the rest of the, the the movie goes on, we need to have one more scene with Lara Flynn Boyle crying and complaining. And she she goes to the fucking nanny this time, and she's like, "Oh, well, I realize that you love the b- bank as much as I do, and I'm not being fair." And she finally like decides to like give this woman some some fucking do, and uh, the scene just kind of fizzles out okay the construction site is almost impossible to just like to map like moment to moment and it's it's a series of gag it's a, this whole sequence is a rube goldberg device of physical comedy i feel like this is the scene that they if the you know if they had the budget for like the pitch this is the scene they would film to pitch the movie this scene is absolutely the pitch like if this was a short film and it was just a construction site I wouldn't even hate this. It was on the fucking poster, man. Like, the first poster was, like, a wrecking ball that said Baby's Day Out. Yeah, like, this sequence is actually, like, it's it's stupid, but it's it's kind of well done. It's not satisfying in any way. No. Except for when Joe Pangliano, like, falls on his fucking face. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud, because it's just, like, a dummy that drops out of frame and just right onto his face. He just hits a plank of wood and just, like, doesn't move. The baby crawls in because the guy guarding it, like, this is a joke in this whole scene, is that the, the guy in front is asleep listening to music. Yeah. And, uh, it basically, the baby sees, like, some construction guy eating a donut, and it, and it crawls up and starts fucking eating this guy's donut on top of this girder that then a, po- a fucking crane lifts into the air. And Vico sees this all happening, and he's just like... 
He's trying not to, like, lose his goddamn mind as he goes to tell Eddie and Norby about it. He tells them. They're all freaking the fuck out. My money! Yeah, my money! And, you know, they run into the construction site. And, you know, no one notices a baby or three fucking people that clearly don't work here. They just allow them to... Dude, these construction workers are fucking clueless, all right? What is with that? Is that like an insurance thing? Like, they just don't care? I I would have to imagine someone would be walking around like, where's your hard hats, fellas? Yeah. Like, you're a fucking liability, right? Like, would they be like, what are you doing? How did the crane operator not notice he was lifting a girder with a fucking human being on it? (laughs) I don't know. Like, he wasn't looking at it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Want to see me do this blindfolded? So, so they, yeah, they they go up the elevator, and they're like a couple floors above where the baby's getting lifted, and uh, you know, again, uh, Norby's scared to death from the height. And uh, Eddie, you know, he ain't going to put himself out there. So fucking Vico gets himself signed up to try to get the baby off the girder. Yeah. And and Eddie's like, yeah, you know, when it comes by, just jump on it. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? He puts all his weight on one side of this beam and the baby slides down off the beam onto a fucking elevator. And Joe Pantoliano's like, how did he do that? Baby luck. <laughs> Baby luck. And Vico is holding on to this fucking eye beam just like in the air. And then somehow Joe Pantoliano like jumps on him. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie tells him grab him. And instead of just grabbing him and trying to yank him back, he, he fucking just grabs him around the waist and now they're both hanging on this fucking thing and this is when he falls isn't it oh yeah it's fucking so good it's it, it's like a monty python sketch like i, I don't know i just <laughs> love it because like, it just falls out of nowhere and just slams it's hard to describe but like when a human being like in any movie like when something like this happens like human beings yeah like if we fall that height like yeah we're gonna die probably like but we have density like we bounce like this fucking dummy just falls and just no, <laughs> it is like it like liquid. It hits and just goes splat. I don't know why this is funny to me. It just is. And that's the only time I laughed during this whole sequence. <laughs> if you've seen Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, God, I love and it. And when like the weird husband gets knocked out the window and just eats shit right into the, the sand yes. like a starfish. Yes. It's kind of like that. Well, well, it's basically like the scene earlier in the movie when Eddie falls through the fucking crack in between the buildings. But the difference here is it's like. 10 stories on a construction site and you're already high up and then you hit just like wood just piles of wood that are hanging off the side no one reacts i i think the thing is too like you see it happen like with the with 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 eddie falling in the other time like you see him fall into a bin and then like dust kicks up right or whatever but like this is just like full-on death <laughs> oh yeah 100%. <laughs> and it just holds on it and then cuts eddie tells vico to to jump on the elevator as it's going down so he's gonna jump on the roof and he waits to jump and this is my favorite visual gag of the movie he jumps down just straight fucking down well, well first he he misses his chance and so he's like oh fuck it i'll get it next time up and eddie's like no jump no jump 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 and so the elevator is basically like a floor or two down and he just jumps, and it quickly just cuts down to the people in the elevator, and you hear, boom! And it cuts, uh, and it starts panning up. And there's Vico standing over with his legs fucking bent, his arms out, <laughs> kind of hunched over. <laughs> and he just goes, my spine! Yes! And he just tips backwards. He falls backwards, and then it cuts to Norby, who's waking up after his death-defying <laughs> fucking fall. And as he, as he writes himself... 
The fucking wood, you know, gives way and he falls into this fucking cement that's being spun, that's being lifted into the air. And he's out of the equation. That's it. His lungs are filling with liquid cement. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the the Punisher did this to someone in the Netflix show, guys. Like, (laughs) Vico, like, falls over and he's trying to, like, he basically, he, he stands up and gets knocked back over again, but he lands flat back and he's like, oh, my spine. Uh, But he falls with, like, his head over the lip of the building and the elevator comes back up and bonks him in the head which then lifts him back to his feet and then he doubles over onto like some kind of cart yeah like a hand cart yeah a hand cart which then begins rolling and he stands up collecting himself and is now basically surfing this thing it's a fucking OSHA violation let's be real yeah really (laughs) which then rolls all the way across this fucking floor hits an obstruction Sends him sailing off this fucking building into another dumpster, which is also death. And he barely makes it. He he lands and goes, I lived. And, like, he says this as he pulls a fucking crushed bucket off of his skull. Yeah, and then somebody dumps some fucking goop on him. Yeah, someone just dumps glue into a dumpster? What the fuck? (laughs) Or something? Like, what is happening there? Well, you know, and you get get the little giant's pose as he's flying off the side. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That little little thing he does to Edo uh, Neal. When he's uh, (laughs) introducing himself. Whatever the fuck. I don't know. Maybe that's a football (laughs) thing and I'm just stupid and I don't get it. But I beats me. Um, So then Eddie is the last man standing because now both of his cronies are out of the count. This fucking scene takes forever. Jesus Christ. This is half the movie, this fucking scene, by the way. Yeah. um, So then, like, we get the second drool gag of the film, which, by the way, is fucking foul because I really hate human saliva. Um, I hate... Okay, let me also reframe that. I went to three movie theaters. Most human fluids that people expel, I fucking can't stand and I hate it. Um, I watched a kid vomit rainbows for about two hours and was not happy. Um, uh, So this baby, like, drools the biggest, grossest glob of saliva I've ever seen something that size produce. And it just hits the fucking wood and then Eddie's chasing this baby and you hear, like, and then he slips on it, knocks himself out again. He hit, he he slips, and then he he hits his head on the wood that he's walking on, and then a fucking uh, sledgehammer gets sl- flown into the air, hits him in the head. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Tuned out. He gets hit with the sledgehammer, and he gets up, and he's stumbling around, and he grabs like the closest thing next to him, and it's just this fucking cord, and he pulls on it. And then he gets hit with another bucket of horse uh, semen. Well, or fucking glue if you want to call it that yeah it's glue ish yeah quote unquote yeah it, it's 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 great it's it's gross and tacky and thick and i don't know what the fuck it is well it's, well, it's like binding glue or some shit but sure it's the it's the fucking foreman's binding glue and and oh my god <laughs> jeepers creepers he's looking for his goddamn donut <laughs> oh no so so this is the point that finally breaks eddie it wasn't being thrown by a gorilla it wasn't falling uh four stories into a to into a fucking dumpster this is it he goes that's it no mercy it's like it took you this long to just give up so then he goes to grab the baby and the baby like walk like the baby crawls off this ledge but it like lands on this platform that's being lifted by the lowered by the crane or something like that okay okay let's 
Again, I don't want to keep talking real morbid about this baby dying, but if that really <laughs> happened, it would have moved as the baby was crawling across, and it would have collapsed to its death. Oh, absolutely. It was sitting on the edge. This fucking kid, when he grows up, I swear to God, he doesn't need the money, but play the lottery, please, Bank. You, you, you got it in the bag. He does it for shits and, like, wins it. What a condescending thing that this baby would do. <laughs> yeah. Like, buy, like, a million dollars worth of lottery tickets and then win. He's Mr. Jackpots? Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Hello. <laughs> uh, Eddie jumps onto the fucking crane cord in a desperate attempt to get this baby. Um, and then uh, punch-out time, and the whole construction site closes. Uh, everyone leaves, and Eddie's suspended on this fucking crane um, as the sun quickly sets behind him. Oh, with the E.T. shot and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but my whole thought is, like, Eddie is covered in glue, and he's just, like, on this fucking crane. Like, you're telling me that this stuff hasn't, like already sealed his body to the crane and you don't need like the jaws of life to get him off of that or like chemically burned his skin off <laughs> but no he's okay he just needs a hot shower of all the stupidity they show you in this movie they don't bother to to share the details of this miraculous rescue because he's suspended like above a fucking building yeah yeah this movie should have ended with them going to their you know their place of residence and just no one being there because they were stuck at the construction site literally trying to peel Eddie off of this thing with a fucking crowbar they find they find Vico's the one left alive and just staring at fucking Norby who's now a human statue and Eddie has fallen to his death <laughs> and he's like it's the worst kidnapping ever three local men were killed at a construction site this morning no one knows how they got in or out or why one man was covered in semen and strapped to a fucking crane <laughs> ball, uh, <laughs> ball head foreman looking for missing donut <laughs> They call him the head foreman for two different reasons. Can you guess why? Uh, I am never going to eat a donut again <laughs> after this episode. Wasn't wearing his hard hat. Oh, God. He was wearing the donut on it. God, what were, what were they fucking building? Let's just bring it full circle, and they were they were fucking putting something together for Evo Shandor, man. So this baby now having, like, A, uh, like, as Sean said, like, the memory uh, capacity of, like, a four-year-old, or maybe, like, even something older, um... But also the most keen sense of direction of any infant <laughs> yeah. ever. He's like a fucking dog. He knows his way home. He knows how to get to a building he's never been to. He's the only one in the movie who has object permanence. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, that fucking clock. Boo Boo's up there. Well, you know, you know what it was, guys. You know, he had one of the turtle doves, and he knew Mr. Duncan had the other, and it <laughs> led him there. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that we have this stupid fucking sequence. Can somebody explain to me? Whoa. Who is this guy? It's fucking Duncan. What do you mean, who is this guy? I know who it is. I know it's Mr. Duncan, but why? <laughs> the FBI basically is with the parents again. He's telling, you know, the head guy is basically saying, uh, yeah, we've had reports here and there, and, and he lists them all off, and the nanny figures out based on the locations that this guy's saying. It's like, oh, it's all the stuff in the book. And so, based on this, he's going to be at the, uh, the the place where the veterans are, because that's where he goes. He'll be at the local veterans hall. <laughs> he's going to be at the Elks Lodge. Let's go. And, and, and guess what, guys? He is. Sure is. He sure is. He's enjoying himself a little tune from the veterans. They're singing. They're dancing. Weird aside for the listeners, didn't plan it this way, but... Happy Veterans Day? Grandpa Pickles is playing his fucking trumpet without his teeth. Yeah, happy Veterans Day, everybody. Um, I actually work with, I, I work with a Marine, so that makes sense. As of this recording, by the time you hear it, no longer Veterans Day, but hey. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, by the way, uh, yeah, the, the nanny says he'll be at the Veterans Hall, and then the baby is, because there's no suspense in this movie whatsoever, or no dramatic tension at all. The baby's just there. It also just crawls in the building, 
no one opens the door, and no one sees his baby except Duncan, who's like, <laughs> he goes, we see this motherfucker one other time in the movie, and he's just watch. he's like catatonic watching the television, <laughs> and that's it. He's like, I used to have a toy store. I gave that young man those turtle doves. I never told him how much they were worth. I lost everything that night. Happy Hanukkah, Marv. He's the only true victim of the wet bandits. <laughs> He goes to Baby Bank. He goes, you know what? I was going to drown myself in the bath tonight, but yeah, that smile just, it brought me back. <laughs> when you see Santa Claus tonight, boy, you better run. Well, instead of killing himself, you know, Duncan instead, gra- you know, gathers all the other boys up and they sing a little nice uh, military tune to the baby. A little shanty. They sing a song about some woman's husband never coming home again. They're fucking passing around beer mugs and shit, spitting on the floor. Yeah, and so, like, so Lara Flynn Boyle and her fucking affluent group of friends and her fucking stupid, um, uh, uh, money-hungry FBI agents just run into this fucking VFW hall. Um, and there he is. He's fine. Oh, we, we got, we got, we got your baby. EF Duncan sitting there like, wait, you gotta take the child back? He finally brought life back into me. Is there another one? Is there two babies? Then I can have one and you can have one. And then wherever we are, you know, I'll know that it's, we're together. Take this turtle dove. That's all I have left. <laughs> the other turtle dove. What other, did, you know, was he giving everybody fucking uh, uh, <laughs> ornaments that day? Yeah, apparently he was crazy. He's actually full of shit and he has these turtle doves like lying around all over the place. He just has, <laughs> he keeps them in the tree. Like as soon as, as soon as Kevin left, he like put another pair like back on the tree. <laughs> it's like his hottest salary. He's got like billboards for it on the fucking New York freeway. Ten years later, Kevin McCall is a billboard that he's like that motherfucker <laughs> it says i love new york on the back of it kevin McAllister goes back there as a teenager and he just finds the place closed it's like he asked the new owners hey uh can i ask you a question i met this kind old man years ago mr duncan whatever happened to him ah uh, yeah you know he got sent to the old veterans home up in chicago <laughs> we heard he killed himself after some baby got lost oh it, it was a sad state of affairs we, f- we found him with two turtle doves in his mouth and he had put a toaster in the bathtub he put the fucking turtle dove on the fucking uh, shelf and then hung him, hung his ass like fucking uh, Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption. This is the darkest episode we've ever done. <laughs> takes he takes the he takes the turtle dove to uh, carve into the fucking uh, ceiling. Uh, Ev Duncan was here. Oh my god! There's two turtle doves on his fucking tombstone. <laughs> so yeah, they they take the baby back and Ev Duncan. You know that's that whole thing happens. And then uh, the baby, again, like Connor, started to go into, uh, it It somehow remembers exactly where the book was left. He, he sees the clock thing, and he's like, boobos. And the mom's boo-boo. like, he only says boobos for the book, and the boobos must be in the place that he saw because it's boobos. Yeah, this fucking woman can translate baby down to the finest detail. Even though she doesn't spend any time with her fucking child, she knows exactly what he's talking about. She's like, no, like, we'll get him another boo-boo. She's like, no, he wants his boo-boo. It's his, we're getting his boo-boo. His boo-boo's over there. We're going. FBI's like, what? what's a boo-boo? He's like, we're going to the TikTok to get the boo-boo. All agents to the TikTok for the boo-boo. And it, like, gives her a wink. I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Yo, he's like, this is on your dime, wink. Is this, is this a joke to you, officer? Yes, it is. You're fully financing the fucking <laughs> police department for <laughs> yeah. the next year. Also, also, by and large, this kidnapping was very stress-free. <laughs> <laughs> it was. This guy was kicking it, drinking fucking macchiatos and shit. He didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck. He had information coming in all fucking day. They found the baby day one. Fuck you guys. This is like a two-hour experience. So, 
this movie ends like shit. It really does. <laughs> it just kind of wraps itself up. It's like, oh, the baby says that it's uh, they're over there. Okay, I guess they're over there. The fucking baby wraps up the film, okay? The baby's like, there's a bad guys, go get him. But he says it, but, you know, he says boo-boo. You get this final scene with Joe Montana and the other two guys, and they're just basically trying to clean up after what happened. And fucking uh, Norby still has cement in his eyebrows and shit. This, this bugged the fuck out of me, because it's like, are you telling me now, all of a sudden, after all this, like, what... Like, what are you, someone who suddenly lost their invincibility powers? Like, all your injuries just, like, (laughs) pop up all at once? Like, what are you, fucking Wolverine when he loses his healing factor? Yeah, basically. Like, all of them are like, ow, oh, I'm gonna wrap my hand because the Gorilla Crusher, remember, but I was still using it afterwards? That was six hours ago. (laughs) That was six hours ago. Oh, my skin is all on fire, and I'm wrapping this, and I'm icing this, and my face is bruised here. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I mean, you're all dead anyway. (laughs) <laughs> like you're zombies with bandages on. This is the afterlife, and you're just doomed to repeat the night you were arrested over and over again. So, so they 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 make a joke about oh, well, it's not really a joke to them, but you know they talk about oh, we're gonna have to knock some banks and some convenience stores open. Like Vico's like oh, we'll do some convenience store to mix it up. It was easier than fucking with the baby. So Joe Joe Montana makes a comment like oh, I'll never have a kid. I don't ever want to hear about that baby again. And then you just hear like outside their baby yeah, on a megaphone for God's sake. Is that what that was? I I guess just the cop is being you know the fbi guy's like fuck it and just puts the microphone on the baby's mouth what? <laughs> like he's getting cheeky this cop does not take this entire investigation seriously at all no he's getting cheeky please like he's like hey you want to call boo-boo to the fucking boo-boo up there he's like hey you say yeah you say boo-boo to the microphone and then when you when they come up i'll say hey surrender the boo-boo okay <laughs> <laughs> like, was the alternate plan, like, if these guys didn't come out, were they just going to go home, or were they going to go in there and shoot them all? Yeah, I feel like I feel like SWAT was just going to bust it and, and just mow them down. They were, going to, they were going to shoot them all and then go home. As far as we know, they shot them all and went home. <laughs> 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 like, because they're like, throw down the boo-boo. The camera cuts and Larry Flynn Boyle's like, kill them all. Yeah. You know they're dead. At that point, why doesn't Joe Montana just be like, you know what, I'm already going to jail for a long time. This baby can go fuck itself and just burn the goddamn book. <laughs> just watch this baby cry. Yeah, like, what is it? Suddenly they have hearts of gold? Like, give the baby back his book. Yeah, but like, what if Joe Montana just like, jumped out of the fucking window and killed himself, like, instead of going to fucking jail. <laughs> My life's over anyway. I mean, like, it, it, our vision of this movie can't get any darker, so why not? <laughs> I think that would have been the perfect ending to a perfect day, to tell you the truth, with this film. <laughs> um, no, but really, like, let's be real, like, they're gonna apprehend these dudes, and the power of this family is going to murder these guys. Like, oh, yeah, that's, like that's they're, death they're so dead. Not even, not even legally. They're just gonna go back and shoot him like a fucking a bum horse or some shit. It's gonna be like Breaking Bad. Mister Cotwell's on the phone with the fucking neo Nazis. Like you guys gotta go do this at the same time. Kill all three. They're in three different prisons. Do it now. Exactly. So yeah, they throw the book down and the fucking movie ends. Literally, pretty much. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, baby's home. Um, and they put baby to bed in his fucking his his fucking king size bed. <sighs> crib, king size crib circular and this fucking baby it's still a baby reaches up and selects a book (laughs) how does it reach this fucking shelf it's nine months old just by the fucking color of it pulls out baby goes to china eat shit john hughes (laughs) 
fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> it's not even, like, funny, like, at all. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like, it's how dare you presume you'll get a sequel to this movie, you fucking, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Not only do, do are you presuming you're going to get a sequel, but it's going to be in fucking China. Yeah, like, what's the joke going to be on that one? Oh, the baby ate some Chinese food? Yeah, Jackie Chan teams up with the fucking baby. Panda eats the baby, the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 the baby gets eaten by a panda. That would be, ide- you know what, they'd probably have to it get in the panda cage and it gets defended, you know? Yeah. Actually, if this movie, if Baby's Day Out 2, Baby Goes to China, was just like Jackie Chan trying to get this baby from criminals, maybe I'd watch that. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? You know what? Let's, let's, wor- let's workshop this a little. You know, it's, you know, the same guy that wrote Home Alone 1 and 2. So, you know, if he's going to yeah. do Baby's Day Out 2, you know, it's got to be a little bit of a rehash. So, you know, you got to have the baby in China. It gets lost somehow. You know, they're trying to get a Chinese picture. I don't know. And they find these three guys from America that just broke out of jail and somehow ended up in China. And, you know, they're going to try it again. It's the same three shit stains. They're on vacation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're like, baby bink. Yeah, they go to the zoo, but it's the panda instead. They, they go on the bus, but it's like uh, one of those old, like, uh, tourist bus in China. Yeah, no, like, I like the idea of, like, Jackie Chan being, like, a food delivery guy, but, like, knows karate on the side. And the kid, like, gets lost and then ends up in one of his deliveries by accident. And then he has this baby and he's trying to figure out where it goes. And the three bad guys are like, "Oh, that 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 that's our baby. That's our baby. We need that baby back." Okay. But they but they they keep getting bamboozled by like famous ch- uh, Chinese action stars like Jackie Chan shows up first, <laughs> and then like Lee Byung Hun from I Saw the Devil and GI Joe shows up and just hands them their ass. Chow Young Fat is there? Yeah, Chow Young Fat, Jit Lee, Boy Ra Cho shows up for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All drunk. Yeah, he drinks with Vern Troyer as the baby, so the baby actually gets drunk in this next fucking movie, believe it or not. Jay Chow from the Green Hornet shows up and beats their asses. The ghost of fucking Bruce Lee comes. Yeah, yeah, both <laughs> both Kato's show up. Yes. And then they face off and for the baby. And they corner him in an abandoned McDonald's. That's the end of this movie. <laughs> And then everyone from Kung Fu Hustle shows up, and the fucking criminals are like, all right, we quit. Oh, man, the fucking, the, the baby gives them all the Buddhist palm, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, just put just put the baby in a Kung Fu Hustle sequel and just call it a day. Yeah, I, sign me up for that. Kung Fu Hustle 2, Baby Takes China. Baby Hustle? Anyway, uh, fuck this movie. Yeah, I could guess where you guys are putting this in the dumpster, but where are you guys putting it? This is going, this is going where they pulled Eddie out of in the first 15 minutes of this fucking movie. <laughs> exactly where i'm putting it <laughs> after i drop it 10 stories too with so, with some cinder blocks tied around it. i never want to see this fucking film again just just no <laughs> no thanks <laughs> don't need it this is in the fucking dumpster for me for sure i know it's a kid's movie everyone we're very we're very, very well aware of it. it's not a kid's movie it's a family quote unquote like a good kid's movie and or family movie is something that people of all ages can watch and adults don't have to sit there and want to fucking take their own lives during okay yeah but also like there's a moral and all that kind of shit what's the moral in this movie don't kidnap kids there is none it's devoid this is the kind of kids movie that treat children like just clapping hand morons who just sit there and want to see something move on a screen and that's it yeah that's all this is this is just hijinks for no reason. It's it's nothing. This movie is nothing. It's no substance, you know what I mean? Which, you know, people can be like, oh, you haughty motherfucker. What do you mean there's no substance in a fucking stupid Baby's Day Out movie? Well, yeah, man, because you, you fucking need it, okay? And to those people, let me tell you something. The Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 is still fantastic because that movie actually has substance, and it's about 
giant fucking reptiles doing ninja moves, okay? Yeah. And a man covered in knives for all <laughs> intents and purposes. <laughs> and it's like good. It is the dumbest shit, and for some reason, it has palpable darkness and like some really like really heavy stuff to it yeah so just because you know the idea on the whole is dumb doesn't mean the movie has to be dumb up is about a man who has his house fly away with balloons okay and i cried like a fucking baby when i saw that for the first time just because it's made for kids doesn't mean have to make doesn't mean you have to take into the account that all kids are dumb and will just watch it or that your audience in general are fucking morons like that right is insulting to me like i don't know <sighs> I, I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid, and I guess it's just because of all the pratfalls and all the injuries. I just probably thought it was hysterical. Well, yeah. But now I'm like, okay, the, some of these are kind of funny at first glance, and then it just doesn't end. It's a kind of physical, com- it's a kind of comedy with physical comedy that ages terribly because, like, oh, you fell down. Uh, right. How how many times is that going to be funny after a certain age? Might have been funny the first time I saw it, regardless of what age I am, be it five or thirty-five. Like. There's only a few times where I can say, hey, watching that dude fall is funny every single time. Right. I can watch Harry get hit with that crowbar and laugh every (laughs) fucking time. With the spider? Don't move. And then he fucking hits, Muff, what are you doing? Muff. I can watch that every fucking year and laugh my ass off. Um, Daniel Stern also being electrocuted in the second movie oh is my still God. one of the funniest things I have ever laid eyes on. It's still, it will always be the funniest thing. He turns into a fucking skeleton. <laughs> and there's the scream and everything. I don't know. <laughs> and, he's, and the skeleton still has hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's fucking funny. You know where I want to put this movie in the fucking dumpster, though? Like, it's in there. I mean, that goes without saying. Let's go off what Connor was saying earlier, because I like this train of thought. You know, you got the dumpster Joe Montana literally fell on is the fucking movie dumpster. So you got to lift his left cheek, and you you just fucking dive in with this fucking movie in hand. The reality is, yeah, you put this movie right underneath his corpse. Oh, no, I I have to fucking swim deep. I got the radioactive suit on and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's back. It's Egon's back in the containment unit, guys. Yeah, I'm back in the containment unit in the movie dumpster, and and I'm swimming. I'm swimming through shit. I'm swimming through Frankenstein (laughs) on back. I'm swimming through House of the Dead. Uh, I'm moving Monster in the Closet over here. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's on the bottom, but it's like off to the side, just so I can take that extra couple of seconds with my turtle doves and, and, and etch in <laughs> Sean was here and leave this motherfucker down there. Two turtle doves. And then I come up for air and, and I see I see Joe still laying there at the top, and I'm like, are you are you gonna be okay, Joe? Are you going to be okay? Uh, you could take this movie, put it in a big old fucking diaper full of shit, and then dunk it into a fucking bucket of fucking construction worker spunk, because that's we, and then throw it in the dumpster, okay? Because that, that's I don't ever need this again. So that's it. That's Baby's Day Out from 1994, directed by Patrick Reed Johnson. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. If you did park your van on the side, people could get by a lot easier. If you'd limit yourself to a couple of pork roasts a day, you wouldn't need to worry about it. We'll be right back.